This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Socially Supportive, where you'll hear the hottest insights and discover cutting-edge technology as we take you behind the scenes with the latest authors, top executives, and industry thought leaders. This is Customer Care the Social Way with your host, Frankie Sochet. Episode 198 of the Socially Supportive Podcast is brought to you by Bluehost. Get on the inside to stay on the top side. Head on over to sociallysupportive.com and join today for the latest tips, tricks, and technology in digital and social customer care. Also brought to you by Bluehost. The best web hosting for just $3.95 a month Bluehost is the number one recommended web hosting service by WordPress.org. Every account features one-click WordPress installation. Plus, Bluehost trained in-house experts are there to help 24-7. Their robust help center includes guides, video tutorials, and more. You can try them and love them or get a refund within 30 days and signing up. Your satisfaction is their top priority and they're confident you'll be pleased with their services. So head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the Bluehost picture to find out more today. Hello, Social Pack. Welcome to your work week. I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I know that I did. And we now need to transition you from that fantastic weekend into this week. And guess what's happening this week? If you're listening to this live, the Insight Group's Customer Service Summit West is happening June the 7th and the 8th in San Diego. It's the first time that we're going to be on the West Coast. So we did a pregame episode last week, which was episode 197. If you didn't get a chance to hear that, just press pause, go back and listen to that episode. You'll find it very helpful in terms of understanding who all is going to be there. And let me tell you, there is going to be a ton of invaluable knowledge that will be happening at this conference. And as it turns out, I'm actually moderating an entire track. That's right. So I will be up on stage a good portion of the time for this conference, getting to interview many of these folks or run these panels for so many of the different people that are going to be there speaking. I cannot wait to pick their brains and find out what it is they're doing with their social and digital customer care programs. It's going to be fantastic. If you have not already secured your tickets, you can still go to sociallysupportive.com slash CSSWest to find out what you need to do in order to be able to get out there to San Diego. It's going to be a tremendous experience. Now, if you're not able to get out there, I will be doing some post-game episodes I will be trying to get some of these fantastic speakers back on the show with us to interview them so that we can get things rolling and get things taken care of. Also, I am getting ready to plan some changes to the Socially Supportive Podcast. I'm not going to tell you what they are yet, but I think that we've got all these foundational episodes under our belt, and we might be changing things up just a little bit. I'm still working through what it's going to look like. Stay tuned for that. You don't want to miss that. This week, here's what we're doing. I have had a lot of questions coming to me lately about social media, customer care, about 
what a program should look like, how you should shape things, how they should get together, what's important to measure. So I have curated five different episodes this week that you may have missed the first time around. You more than likely did. There's so many more people listening to the podcast right now. So I'm trying to make sure that all of the foundational data that you need is served up to you in a meaningful and curated fashion. So this week, we're going to be talking about social customer care. Make sure that you are tuned into these episodes. You don't want to miss them. Even if you've heard them before, you still want to make sure that you refresh yourself on what this information is all about. So tune in, get your coffee. Let's get started. Today's inspiration comes to us from Andrew Jackson, who said, take time to deliberate, but when the time for action arrives, stop thinking and go in. And our book of the day is titled Think Wrong, How to Conquer the Status Quo and Do Work That Matters, written by John Bielenberg, Greg Gall, and Elizabeth Evitz Dixon. So let's talk about initial response time. And when I say initial response time, you may have also heard this called time to first response or first response time. And what I mean by initial response time is the amount of time it takes to reply to the initial response to a customer post in a customer ticket or case, etc. This is an important distinction because there are tools out there that are able to tell you when did you first reply to a particular post. So if you have a customer who posted and said, thanks so much, and you replied first, you're welcome. And then you post it again, we're happy to help you. That tool will let you know when you said to that post, you're welcome as the initial response to that one post. The secondary response to that post would not be calculated in that fashion. The distinction that I'd like to make is that if your tool does that for each and every post, it's not as valuable as if you can also get the information per ticket or per case number. Why do I say this? Because you want to know when your customer is having an interaction with you, you want to know how long it takes you to initially get back to them. That's the critical timestamp is when they first ask you something, how long does it take you to get back to that very initial inquiry? The subsequent inquiries, in my opinion, are not nearly as important anymore as that first critical response. Why? You might be asking why, Frankie, do you think this? Well, I'm going to tell you. Customers today are on the go more than they ever were before. And you know this to be true because you are a customer, just like I am, of something, some somewhere. So we all as customers expect companies to respond very quickly to their first inquiry. We want companies to solve our entire problem immediately when they can. But if they can't, we at least want them to provide an estimated time of repair or resolution when they can't solve immediately. And the new thing about consumers today, and you'll know this to be true just by the fact that you're a consumer as well, is when you are in a digital environment, it is okay for the company to leave the customer alone until they have fully solved the problem. 
That's something that we feel as customers, but we may not think about as leaders of call center operations because we're not used to it. So let's talk about overall handle time. Why are we talking more about initial response time? How is initial response time different from overall handle time? Let me tell you, there are different measurements that are very valuable for different use cases. And as I just mentioned the telephone, I want to take you back to telephone call center operations for a moment. We look at that use case. When a customer calls in with a request, whether it's a trouble request or a question or a comment, whatever it is, the customer is tied to that telephone until the agent completes the issue. There's a focus on first contact resolution in the call center because customers have to take a while to get to a live agent, though interactive voice response systems, IVRs, are very helpful, very necessary. When a customer calls into a company, there's some amount of time dedicated to maneuvering through that IVR system in order to reach an agent. So there is that time dedication required. And then once they've maneuvered through that IVR to get to the agent, there's some amount of time that's spent explaining to that agent what they need, what they're looking for. And then the agent does research, figures out how to help the customer, tries to solve for the customer, and then the customer gets off the line. Well, no company, no person is perfect. And so sometimes you're not able to resolve an issue on that first telephone call. So now I know it sounds hard even as I'm talking about it, right? You're probably thinking, oh man, she's going to say all those words again. I am because now the customer has to call back in and we've had to do it ourselves because again, we're customers. The customer has to call back in, go all the way back through the IVR. There's many times not an option for you to bypass the IVR just because you just called in. So then you have to go all the way back through the IVR again. Then when you get the next agent, the agent has you on the line and you've got to re-explain your issue. So first call resolution is a very important metric in a telephone call because you don't want to put the customer through that whole process all over again. Some companies are doing fantastic work. I am an American Express customer. I've had experiences before where I've called in on their 1-800 number and the IVR will say to me in words, we see that you normally transact your business online. Do you need to speak to a representative? And I will say, yes, yes, I do. And they will patch me right through to an agent without asking me any questions. And I will get straight to an agent where I will state my case. This is fantastic evolution of an interactive voice response system where they can tell the difference between I'm a customer who usually transacts my business online. So if I'm calling, it must be something complicated. That's neat. If you can do that, that's great. But many companies, as we know, are not yet to that level. So this is your overall handle time metric that's very important. And customers want you to resolve their issues quickly. They don't want to call back. So you want to know what is your overall handle time. They don't want to be on the phone forever. What is your first contact resolution? So a different use case is your support chat operations. If you provide customer service online over chat, this is generally tied to a computer. So the customer is therefore generally tied to a computer, but they can multitask. If you're a fan of using support chat, there are use cases for support chat where, and I'm going to say this and it's okay. 
okay, I will not tell your boss, but we all know that sometimes when you are on a conference call where it's important for you to listen, but not important for you to speak, you may have before been doing support chat with one of your service companies before. I know you have. And so what you know about that scenario is it's handy because you don't have to be immediately responsive. You can multitask and then you can pause for a second while you say whatever words you need to say on your conference call, right? I promise I won't tell your boss, but we know it's true. And then the other thing about support chat is in addition to being able to multitask, it can be faster to reach an agent. As you go through an IVR, it requires a lot of effort on the part of the customer because when the customer calls in, they are being asked questions, have to process them, and then have to push buttons. In a support chat environment, hopefully what's happening is when the customer gets into your support chat, if they've already logged in with their user ID and password to your website, potentially they don't have to provide much information at all when they click that click to chat button. If they do have to provide information, it's typically a few mouse clicks, I hope, and then they get into a queue. They may have to wait for a little bit, but hopefully the wait for your support chat representatives is not very long at all. Then once the support chat happens, one thing that can be frustrating is that depending on how many chats the agent is trying to do at one time, please don't make your agents do more than three chats at a time, it gets insane. But if the agent is trying to handle maybe two or three chats at a time, it might be that the first customer has to wait a little bit while the agent is handling the issues of the second customer. That's a little frustrating. But again, the frustration is mitigated by the fact that the customer can be multitasking. Maybe they don't notice they're waiting so long because they're on their conference call. Yes, you do do that. And they could also be, you know, on some other website handling some other thing, or maybe they're chatting with someone in their office, you never know, whatever that is, it is something that needs to be watched. And then the other thing is chat can be a place that has been known for not giving correct information on the first go. And maybe you give the answer to the customer, the customer thinks the issue has been resolved, they get off the support chat and then realize later when they try to go through the motions of what they needed to do that the information wasn't correct. So then you cause another support chat. So the things that are interesting in support chat for you to be looking at do include your overall handle time, your first contact resolution, and then another one that's interesting for support chat is average time to response. This average time to response is interesting because not only is it important how long the customer has to wait the first time you reach out to contact them, but it's also important to understand the customer's experience when they're having to wait for an agent to get back to them each time a statement or a question is lopped back and forth. This is important in a support chat environment. Now, let's talk about a third use case, which would be customer care over social media. This does not require a customer to be attached to a telephone or to be sitting in front of a computer. Customers are on the go and they're probably using their smartphone with their thumbs to send some sort of message to you because you're either messaging a tweet, you're messaging a post on Facebook, you're using Facebook Messenger, you're you're conducting some sort of message back and forth when you're on the go. SMS functions in this way as well. You're doing this while you're waiting for the train, while you're in a cab, while you're at the airport. So customers think of items to complete. And then if you think about this scenario, you're probably thinking of items to complete quickly from your to-do list before you hop on that train or before 
before you get on that flight. Or maybe you have last minute travel needs. Maybe you're tweeting because you want to make sure that you're going to be able to check into your hotel early. Maybe you want to make sure they have that hypoallergenic pillow. Whatever it is that you're looking for, you're probably in the scenario where you're on your way somewhere and you go, ooh, I forgot, fill in the blank. So you're trying to take care of something quickly. There is anxiety and tension around making sure that the issue is known in a short amount of time. The key to that is that the issue is known. So hold on to that for a second. Customers also need solutions to be simple and they may not have access to details. Now, if you're on a telephone call, it's pretty likely that you might have, you know, your hands free where you can look around and see if you've got a piece of paper with an account number on it or something. If you're chatting, you're probably sitting still where you can, you know, maybe look up an account number or do something like that. On social, you might be sitting on a train you might be in an airplane, you may or may not have ready access to a lot of details and you may not be able to perform a lot of deep troubleshooting steps. And then here's something very interesting. Think about this. Customers are fine in a social media customer care situation. Customers are fine with stating that an issue exists and then waiting a reasonable amount of time for an all clear response. What do I mean by that? So here's an example. If I'm in a cab and I am getting ready to get on an airplane and I realize, oh no, I forgot to tell my cable company that I'm going to be away for six months in Europe and I forgot to tell them that I needed them to stop my cable service over the summer. So I'm going to tweet them because I'm in a cab and it's probably loud and I can't hear them. I don't want to talk to them on the phone. I'm just going to tweet them. So you tweet out to your cable service provider and you say, hey, I'm going out of town. I need you to help me stop my services for six months temporarily. Can you help me? First of all, I don't know if there are companies that will let you do an entire six-month stoppage, but we're just going to go with it. So when you tweet out, you want to know before you get out of that cab that somebody heard what you said. So this initial response back saying, yes, we can help you with that. The customer wants to make sure that you can handle something like that over social media. They want to make sure that your first response is not, okay, but you're going to have to call the call center for that. If that is the case, at least the customer knows right away before they get on an airplane where they can't do much about it. This is a situation that helps when you've got little time before you get on an airplane. This is why that initial response time is so critical in social media customer care. Now, if the customer is getting on an airplane and you're not able to get them what they need until after they land, but you are assuring them that it can be handled and it doesn't matter if they're overseas or if they're not at home, you can handle it electronically. The customer's anxiety level drops and the customer feels as though they've been taken care of. The overall handle time in this situation is going to be longer. You're not initially going to be taking all the way care of this, but it also allows the customer to feel safe and secure, to know that it's going to be handled and the satisfaction level of the customer is going to be higher than if they sat on a phone call for 30 minutes that was all one phone call. See where I'm going with this? So this is why overall handle time is important in some situations, but in social media, 
even though average handle time and overall handle time are important to continue to monitor, initial response time is a game changer. So how do you measure it? Measuring initial response time is best done as far as I have seen in working with different tools that I've worked with when tools can track entire cases or tickets, because otherwise it's very complicated for them to get the logic through to understand that there is some sort of thread that has happened where you're responding initially to a particular post that is part of a conversation. Otherwise, you're only getting for each post, which is really average time to response. And that's not what we're going for. We're going for this initial time to response. When you execute well on responding initially to customers very quickly, you can look for an increase in customer satisfaction because you've eliminated their anxiety and their trepidation around an issue very quickly. So there's not even time for them to get worked up or worried about anything that you're just saying, I've got it. You might see a slight decrease in overall volume. Why? Because if you are just waiting longer to respond to someone initially, then they might tweet back at you again to ask you the question the second time. In the scenario where you're catching a flight, somebody's going to tweet you once, they're going to wait 10 minutes and they're going to try to tweet you again, or they're going to call you. So if you get to that initial response very quickly, your overall volume could decrease because you're not getting that second unnecessary tweet. Also, it will help to decrease your average handle time of contacts overall because your initial response is going to be so fast. These are things for you to watch out for and make sure that you contact your tool provider and find out are you able to measure initial response time and if not, what would need to be done for you to do that? It will help you see better what's happening in your organization and then be able to make adjustments so that you can get quicker on that initial response time. Today's episode was brought to you by craftbeerclub.com. Good people drink good beer. Get the finest craft beers from America's best microbreweries delivered right to your door. They search out exceptional craft beers from around the country and then deliver the monthly beer club selections direct to you or your gift recipient's door. You can choose an ongoing beer club membership or craft beer club gifts to ship monthly, every other month, or even quarterly. This is a fantastic gift for the craft beer enthusiast in your life. Give 1 to 12 shipments and receive up to 3 bonus gifts and an additional $25 bonus with your order. So, head on over to sociallysupportive.com and click the craft beer club picture for more information today. All right, guys, there you have it. Another episode that you can have actionable information to take away right now and improve your social customer care program. Make sure that you tune in for our next episode because we're going to have more information that you don't want to miss. Until then, and even after then, I am Frankie Soche. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Socially Supportive. Want more? Head on over to sociallysupportive.com to join the social pack and find the best tips, tricks, and technology to take your team from okay to outstanding in no time.